So this is not Renee's first sermon, but it's her first sermon at the harbor. So let's give her lots of positive feedback as she's preaching. Okay, you can give her some amens and some way to go. She's got a powerful message for us this morning. And I just want to pray for you, and then I'm going to pass it right over to you. Can I take a look real quick? How's that? I'm green. Oh, there I go. You're good. There you go. All right, let's pray. Jesus, I just bless Renee. And so, Holy Spirit, we are just open. We all of us open our hearts to you right now to receive what you are going to say to us. Thank you, Lord. So just fill Renee with joy. I just speak peace over you, Renee. Thank you so much. And thank you, God, that you're with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Just give me one second. Hey, good morning. Can we thank God for this gorgeous day? This is like amazing weather. Thank you. Um, Brian helped me out with this. I had written a sermon, but he helped me like really make it great. And um, it's really narrative. So if you want to think of me like telling you a story, feel free to nestle in and close your eyes. Um, One morning, all the plates and cups and bowls on the table were empty. There was no food in the larder and no money to buy food. The children were standing, waiting for their morning meal. When George Mueller said, children, you know we must be in time for school. Then lifting up his hands, he prayed, dear father, we thank thee for what thou art going to give us to eat. There was a knock at the door. The baker stood there and said, Mr. Mueller, I couldn't sleep last night. Somehow I felt you didn't have enough bread for breakfast, and the Lord wanted me to send you some. So I got up at 2 a.m. and baked some fresh bread, and I have brought it. Mr. Mueller thanked the baker, and no sooner had he left than there was a second knock at the door. It was the milkman. He announced that his milk cart had broken down right in front of the orphanage, and he would like to give the children his cans of fresh milk so he could empty his wagon and repair it. George Mueller was an evangelist and ran an orphanage in Bristol, England. He had endless stories like these. He cared for 10,024 orphans during his lifetime. He established 117 Christian schools. But do you ever think he woke up in the morning and said, God, why am I here? Is this worth it? Hungry children, no money. He prayed for almost everything he ever had. Was the calling worth the cost? Please turn with me to Matthew 26, verses 6 through 13. While Jesus was in Bethany, in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of a very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be also told in memory of her. What was Mary's calling? Oh, sorry. I just lost it. Um, 
A knock is heard at the door. It's Mary. She approaches Jesus. In her hands, an alabaster jar of expensive perfume. It was spikenard, so costly only the very wealthy could afford it. It was worth a year's wages. Mark 14.3 says she broke the jar and poured the perfume over his head. She anoints him. She is acknowledging her king, the king who will bring salvation to the world for eternity. Mary was enchanted by Jesus. She was devoted to Jesus and wanted to honor him in a way that is extravagant because her love for him was extravagant. She laid down her world for a moment to worship Jesus. Her calling was to point us to have a life worshiping Jesus. Was Mary's calling worth the cost? Yes, because her calling was Jesus. What were the costs to Mary's actions? How did she suffer for her love? The disciples rebuked her. They said, why is this woman here? Look, she's wasting that perfume. The money from that could have gone to do great good. Matthew 6, 8 through 9 says, why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and money given to the poor. She faced an angry crowd. She also abandoned tradition by coming into the disciples' dinner alone. It was not a cultural norm for a woman to be alone in a room full of men. She stood up in the face of her culture. Mary risked her reputation to anoint her Lord. Was it worth it? Yes, because Jesus is the calling. How do we know it is worth it from the text? Jesus stops the disciples and honors what she has done. Matthew 6, 12 through 13. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, Mary will be remembered. If you honor Christ, Christ will honor you. I'll finish with my own Mary's story. In 2015, I moved back to Texas, thinking I would never live in New England again. But in my summer there, in a house of prayer, I felt God telling me to come back. I'm sorry, my scroll is going all over the place. I couldn't... Uh, Thinking I would never live in New England again, but in my summer there in a house of prayer, I felt God telling me to come back to New England, and I wasn't finished with ministry here. My family, they didn't want to hear that. I'd been away for 14 years. I couldn't seem to find work in Texas. I was applying for a lot of jobs in Boston, but I was starting to give up hope of coming back. Then one day, everything changed. I was recruited to apply for a tech camp in Cambridge. Um, I didn't even have the money to come for the interview, but some friends of mine who are just amazing people, uh, they gave me $500 to buy a ticket and even to buy an outfit to wear for my interviews. Um, I had to come for like a six-hour interview. I had to take an SAT test, highly math-driven, and unlike Brian, I am not math. That's my weakest subject. Um, I misread the directions for the last part of the test. Pretty sure I failed it. Um, but they somehow invited me into the interview round. I had to do six back-to-back -back interviews with corporate executives and recruiters from two different 
large tech companies. Um, and it was, I mean, it was pretty intimidating. <laughs> and there were 324 of us, and out of that, they picked 24 women, all with like double engineering degrees, most of them. Um, but after I finished, I was outside sitting at a Starbucks, and I saw a little sparrow in front of me. And it was God's reminder that he would always take care of me. He also promised me that if I came back to New England, things were going to look really different. And I needed that promise. Was there a cost to this calling? Yes. I saw my dad for the last time in the hospital before driving alone back from Texas to Boston. I moved into a garage apartment in Gloucester that I never saw. I just said, sure, I'll take it. And I would leave in the dark at like 5 a.m. and come home at 6.30 or 7 at night every day for almost, you know, four to five months during the winter parts of it. Um, and that was hard. I, was all, I felt like I was always in the dark. Um, it was some of the loneliest times in my life. And the first six months of the tech camp were really hard. I had to learn six programming languages in six weeks and perform a module on every language. It was a paid internship, but it was just above minimum wage, and I was struggling. Um, I had 12, or I had 12 hour days because the commute from Gloucester to Cambridge was almost four hours round trip sometimes. And then my father passed away midway through the program. Um, I wanted to give up. I thought, I, I really don't need this. But God would say to me, can you hold on one more month? I promise you things will be different. And he's been telling me that for two and a half years now. <laughs> and things are different. The people I work with are different. There's been breakthrough. There's been life-changing breakthrough, um, both for me and for them. And, but God saw me through all of it. I trusted him for the big things. I trusted him for the small things. And he's been there with me every day. And I really have seen people's lives change for the better and been able to minister to people who would never come to a church ever. Um, and was it worth it? Was it worth the cost? Yes. Because Jesus is the call. Trusting and partnering with him is worth everything. Thank you.